1: i Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast and now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see a video cast on YouTube by going to my YouTube channel, Bob Brill YouTube channel, or by finding the links for all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. That is definitely the easiest way. Kramerandbrill.com. You'll see us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page. You can go there and check it all out as well. We'll take a look at how we did for you. A look at this week's games, who's trending, and our feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring that fan onto the video podcast to ask that question directly. Now, you can be that fan. All you have to do is simply email me at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on the bottom of the screen. So uh, how did we do for you? First, let me give props to my colleague and my co-host here, Eric. Uh, You said it was time and you expected Julio Jones to take charge. All he did was eight catches, 137 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Good show, dude. Uh, I said the Steelers would stuff Kareem Hunt, and he was held to 40 yards and no scores. We like Chase Claypool again. He had 74 yards, a score, and four catches, almost had a second score. I like Darius Slayton, and while he did get injured, he had two catches and a touchdown. We like Matt Ryan with 371 and four touchdowns and no picks. Deshaun Watson, 335 for, uh, for scores, and Ryan Tannehill, four touchdown passes and 364. Otherwise, not really a great day for quarterbacks, but running backs did well. We liked Ronald Jones. He had 113 and two scores. Well, what can you say about Derrick Henry? 212, two scores, a 95 yard run, had two catches for 52 more. DeAndre Swift, the rookie, looking good. 116, two scores. James Conner, again, over 100. I said Will Fuller was your go to guy, and all he did was catch six for 123 and a touch. We also like T. Higgins, who had 125, Kenny Galladay, and Tim Patrick, each with over 100. Now, we took some time, but um, Gronk is back. For 78, he had a score that looked sort of like the old Gronk. Uh, we didn't see Anthony Frisker uh, going off for Tennessee in place of the injured John Lewis Smith, but we liked what we saw, and he led all tight ends with eight catches and a score of plus 113 yards. Trending up this week Ronald Jones, Chase Claypool, Anthony Frisker, uh, Philip Lindsay, Darren Fells, Carson Wentz, DeAndre Swift. Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, Gronk, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards, Hillier, and the Bucs defense. Two has been named the starting quarterback from Miami, but they have a bye this week. Now, trending down this week, Juju Smith-Schuster, Baker Mayfield, Joe Mixon, Adrian Peterson, Miles Sanders, Jonu Smith, and also, you won't see this very often, Le'Veon Bell is also on the trending down list after Clyde Edwards-Hoyer's 160-yard-plus performance. So, uh, your thoughts on this week? Another tough week for injuries, especially the Steelers losing a key player on their defense for the season. Devin Bush uh, suffered a torn ACL, and he's done, and that will hurt. Uh, So, uh, how does one recover from that kind of injury?
2: Well, <laughs> I
1: do have experience
2: with not ACL tear, but a PCL tear. Back when I was playing in Canada, this was back in, uh, I guess it was been getting ready for the '89 season. We had a new squad scrimmage before the season began. And that's how that ended up happening for me. So I was done for the year. And it's, uh, you know, you have surgery, you have rehab. That's the physical part. Doctors all take care of that. But uh, in regards to David Bush, it's going to really be, trying to stay and making sure you stay connected to that team as the leader that he is and not let yourself drift off mentally that you get this fit. Fee- you can very easily get this feeling that the team is going on without you, especially the Steelers being that they're doing so well right now and will continue to also probably. And it's easy to get lost if you're Devin Bush to think, of, Hey, they're, they can do just fine without me. Well, he's got to make sure that doesn't happen mentally for him.
1: So take a look at uh, what uh, your thoughts were for the week on what happened overall this week.
2: Well, I think like the rest of the football world, I did not see the Buccaneers defense destroying what seemed to be the unstoppable Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but they did. And so that, uh, I think, threw a lot of people off. Rodgers not only had two picks but he couldn't get settled underneath, uh, even behind. There was no pocket for him. He got sacked four times, and just the floor of the game didn't happen for the Packers like we're accustomed to seeing. Aaron Jones had 15 yards on, what, 10 carries. And so I think that that the Bucks defense, even though they're not right at the top of the league, have shown, and they talked about it throughout the game, this is a very, very good defense that's capable of doing what they just did. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Titans also – and Jonu Smith, um, or actually Frisco did not step up really for Jonu Smith, but A.J. Brown did, had a couple of touchdown passes. And I think he's not the down the field threat, but he is himself built like a tight end and makes a lot of tough catches and red zone catches. And um, then I think Philip Rivers surprised me anyway, in that you know he's been under a lot of fire lately. Uh, this is thought to have been a, a Super Bowl contending uh, Indianapolis Colts team and that he was taking all the flack for them not getting off to a good start offensively. Well, not only did they spot the Bengals 21 points, but he was big, a big reason why they came back and were able to win that game. And, uh, and so I think that hats off to him for that. The Patriots though, you know, you could tell uh, not only had they had very little practice time in his last couple of weeks, but Cam Newton, I think took a significant step backward. And he did not look comfortable in the pocket. He was indecisive, inaccurate, held the ball too long. When their offensive line, that was the story going into the game, that there were so many different combinations of uh, offensive line uh, you know, groups working together. And then during the game had some guys go down with injuries. So uh, I think that's a step that the Patriots have to correct. Uh, defensively, they were getting gashed as well something we're not used to seeing. And uh, the Browns, I think here, I have been, you know, after week one, I mean they've been showing me and the rest of the league yeah. that they are going back in the right direction. A lot due to seven, uh, Kevin Stefanski and his influence, but they ran into a buzzsaw and came down to earth hard against your Steelers. And, and now can they respond? I don't know. I mean, they did it after week one, they got embarrassed in Baltimore and now they're going to have to write the ship again. Uh, the rest of the way. And the Dolphins, here you mentioned they just made a switch to Tua, which surprises me because their season is not lost. They got off to a slow start, but they've won the last two. They embarrassed the 49ers in San Francisco. They came back and shut out the Jets. And you think, hey, they're out, now they're on a roll. It doesn't make sense to me, even with the bye, why you'd be starting Tua at this point. But uh, you know, I think Fitzpatrick has earned the right. I know he's, he's uh, fizzled sometimes, especially in the later uh, part of his career, these last few years where he's gotten off to a good start and then somehow fizzled out. I don't see that out of him this year. It wasn't like he was throwing the ball over the place and putting up fantastic numbers week to week. But he was making good decisions, I think, running the ball well and getting them in, in the right play. And so, you know, I just, I, I,
1: I don't agree with the switch, but then I'm not the head coach either for the Dolphins. Now, I I was going to ask you about your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell with Kansas City, but now after last night, uh, that's changed, I I would think, because Clyde Edwards-Hellier, it's sort of like he woke up and got the message with 160 yards rushing.
2: (laughs) Right, and and I think I said this a couple weeks ago, where the Chiefs are kind of like the early 2000 New England Patriots. They have so many ways to beat you. You don't know which Chiefs team is – are they going to run down your throat one week like they did last night against uh, the Bills, or are they going to throw it all over the yard, which they're obviously capable of doing? And I think they had mentioned that in the game about Le'Veon Bell coming over to really an embarrassment of riches that Randy Reed has to choose from all these different weapons, including Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think, has got something to prove in that, you know, he hasn't done really anything this year, didn't play the year before, And, you know, is he still the guy that is the red zone threat, uh, picks and chooses the holes to run through, does that explosively, and then is a great receiver, too? I think, you know, like you said, Edward Solaire made a statement that, hey, I'm still here. And uh, But I think now that they've got Bell to go with them, Williams is already there as well. I think the Chiefs obviously are, if you talk about
1: trending up, they are. You got that right. Uh, Now we come to our new regular feature, Ask the Quarterback. It's brand new, and today we welcome in uh, Brian Wallace, a fantasy football league coach from Southern California. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, Bob, I live in uh, Thousand Oaks, been out here about a year and a half after 20 years in Texas. My wife's son has a couple little boys, so we moved back out here to be near them and uh, really really enjoying being out here. I love it out here. It's not to love. <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> uh, so you're, you're in a – are you in more than one fantasy football league?
0: No, I'm in one keeper league right now. It's my second year, and, you know, it takes a little while to build a good team with the keeper league, but it's coming along. I'm four and two right now.
1: Well, that's good. So doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. would you like to ask Eric?
0: Well, with recent injuries, Eric, should I look at Giovanni – Bernard, Boston, Scott, or Gus Edwards? What do you think?
2: Well, uh, do you already have them on your roster? Or are you looking to pick them up? Austin? No, I don't. And they're, they're,
0: they're available, and I don't have them.
2: And well, my running back
0: position outside of um, Josh Jacobs is pretty weak.
2: OK. Here's what comes to mind is that, uh, uh, that Joe Mixon's not hurt, so he's not going anywhere. And he's a pretty good back himself. Um, I think in Philadelphia, um, they're not really playing all that well, and for sure not that consistently. And then uh, I, the best running back on the Baltimore Ravens roster is uh, Lamar Jackson. So I I would look <laughs> maybe to like Le'Veon Bell, who we talked about, maybe joining the Chiefs. He's going to get some touches, and he's always been a red red zone uh, producer. Uh, he also catches the ball out of the backfield, so you're going to get – both running and passing a volume out of him. And then, um, you know, I think with the, with his departure in New York, you've got LaMichael Pirine that uh, he's obviously going to be the main feature back there as well. So there's a couple of other, I think, people out there that maybe people in your league are maybe starting to look to that you might want to look at as well.
1: Well, I think uh, Frank Gore is, uh, is available on a lot of lists now too. And, uh, you mentioned P Ryan, uh, that, um, if P Ryan's not available, um, um, uh, Frank Gore, even though he's like, what, a billion and a half years old, uh, <laughs> was, uh still is inservice- serviceable. I think uh, I saw last week, he actually ran for double figures, like 11, 11, uh, points. Um, uh, and, and Boston Scott, yeah, I, I personally like Boston Scott. Uh, I think, uh, with, um, Miles Sanders being questionable again this week, uh, it's uh, it's a definite possibility uh, to uh, with him. You know, Giovanni Bernard. I think his time's past. Eric, you think so?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, he certainly his his uh, amount of touches and carries have gone down over the last couple of years. Joe Mixon. You know, if anyone's going to go off, uh, it's going to be Joe Mixon in Cincinnati in, in terms of touches you know carries and. I know he's not a great receiver out of the backfield, but certainly he's a producer when he's got the ball in his hands running it. Um, but right now in Cincinnati, they're focused on throwing the ball over the, all over the place with Joe Burrow. So I, I think uh, running backs right now in Cincinnati are a little iffy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the idea of the Jets running back about with Le- with Le'Veon leaving. That's something to look at. I'll get on there as soon as we're done here. Take a look at that. That's a possibility. It'll be the lead. It'll be the lead running backs now. Sure. Makes sense.
1: So, Brian, does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Thanks for your time. Well, you got it. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, keep playing right. fantasy football. Thanks, Brian. All no, right. Absolutely. I will, Bob. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, uh, remember, if you'd like to ask the quarterback, all you have to do is just uh, write us an email at brillpro at gmail.com. And if we select you, uh, which is a good shot, we will. And uh, email just right there on the bottom of your screen, brillpro at gmail.com. We'll get in touch with you, and we'll bring you on right here on uh, Fantasy Football with uh, Eric Kramer and Bob Brill. And we'll do, you can ask the Eric a question, fantasy football-related question, directly. Now let's get to this week's games, uh, starting with the Giants and Eagles. Daniel Jones goes up against a tough Eagles defense, so I wouldn't bet much here. And while I like Darius Slate, maybe not in this situation. Carson Wentz seems to be playing well enough, so I'd start him uh, along with uh, Travis Fulgham. And I do like, as I mentioned, Boston Scott, especially here if Miles Sanders can't go. So you want to watch the injury wars With the injury to Zach Ertz. it might be time to look at Richard Rodgers. Rodgers is an experienced tight end, and he did catch three passes this last week.
2: Yeah, in terms of fantasy football, you're, you know, neither one of these teams offensively are really putting it together right now. Um, Fulgham, as you mentioned him, he's got three straight games with at least one touch, well, a touchdown pass in each game. And Slayton kind of looks to be the go-to guy for Daniel Jones. The problem with that equation is Daniel Jones right now hasn't really been productive this year. Um, you have to figure it's going to happen at some point, and the Eagles have not been, you know, stellar I'd say week to week defensively so maybe this will be the week for him to turn things around and if he does you're right I think Slayton's going to be the guy
1: Steelers and Titans, so Derrick Henry is going to be tough to stop here, especially since, as we mentioned, Devin Bush is in the middle is gone due to injury. So look for the Steelers to concentrate all their efforts on him, which leaves Tannehill free to do much more. Uh, Frisker might be a play, so watch the injury wires for Jonathan Smith at tight end. This could be the Steelers' toughest game this year. I do like Claypool and Washington, along with Connor and Ebron. Juju not getting targeted enough to recommend for me. Uh, Connor has been solid, though.
2: Well, like you mentioned, and you've been mentioning all year, Claypool is just, for a rookie, for not a rookie, the guy's having an amazing year. And four touchdown passes last week or three, whatever it was, uh, he's obviously formed a connection that Ben Roethlisberger is very comfortable with. and um, But I agree with you uh, regarding Henry being the new kind of bus, if you will, uh, in Nashville. And A.J. Brown, you know, is another guy that, as I mentioned before, he's kind of stepped up for what, when Corey Davis has been gone, he's filled that role, especially in the red zone. Um, So I think he's a good target as well. And, um, uh, you know, I think like most NFL observers might not think about Ryan Tannehill.
1: You know, Cowboys of Washington, I'm really loving Terry McLaurin against the Cowboys defense and Antonio Gibson is solid. Well, you know, and I'm looking at the boys, Andy Dalton, I'm not going to recommend, (laughs) not after the other night. And all the receivers, they're good starts for sure. I I think uh, Zeke should be better here.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I think we all expected the Cowboys to kind of pick up from where they left off the week before when Dalton came in for Dak Prescott, but it just didn't happen against the Cardinals. And I think that's what I would think is a big question mark. I think they've got to take this week against Washington, to me, to prove that they're back. And offensively, until that happens, I wouldn't be comfortable starting anybody there this week, um, even if they produced in the past. Uh, I think that, uh, you know how I feel about McLaurin. I think he doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, he's still going to put up points. And uh, I think until a quarterback asserts himself there, there's really no one else to play in Washington.
1: Yeah, the Bills at Jets, and for the Jets, the only thing I can say is look to pick up Mike Lamichael Pirine. He's going to get some volume moving forward, and the rookie is good. Uh the Bills should be all over this one. Uh, look for a lopsided game here.
2: Well, and that's but there is one caveat to that is that yes, he will be the guy, but if this is a blowout, you know, early by the Bills, then how much is LeMichael Pirine going to be effective? And will he continue to k- get carries? If they do fall behind and end up throwing the ball
1: in order to keep up. Yeah. that that's always a tough one, you know, especially in fantasy, you're sitting there and you've got a running back on a team that is like 25 points ahead in the third quarter. It's like, Oh man, that, they're twenty-five points behind. I mean, and they're not gonna give them the ball. They're you know, they may throw it to them. You could hope for that, but you know, wow, I mean, what's gonna happen here? You get all frustrated about it. I know that uh, that's always a weekly thing. Fantasy football will kill you every week. Well, uh, like Panthers it saints. Well, okay. like
2: you you know, uh who would have thought, you know, the Bills and Josh Allen would have fallen as flat as they did. Yeah. So they've got to answer back too. You know, that you would think that okay, yes, we're gonna start. Uh, Josh Allen every week and right along with Beasley and Diggs I think you should this week if you have them because the Jets might be the perfect tonic for what they just faced against Kansas City and uh, hopefully that happens I think there, that threesome right there
1: is good enough week to week to play I think so too. You know, Panthers at Saints, I do, uh, I like most Panthers here, especially the wideouts and Mike Davis. Now for the Saints, about the same. Michael Thomas was disciplined after a confrontation with a teammate. So he is back this week, but I don't know what that says about his mindset.
2: Well, I think that the Saints are just an offensive machine. That's they've been that way ever since uh, Sean Payton and and Drew Brees have teamed up. doesn't seem to matter who the the go-to receiver is, whether it was, uh, was it uh, Golson uh, or Colson, I forget his name before, the, the one who uh, stood out for about eight or nine years there with, with Breeze the first time around. And now you've got Michael Thomas. Whoever's going to step in there, Michael Thomas, I wouldn't, uh, even if he got disciplined, I don't think it's going to affect his play. And the Panthers, you know, they, they just played, their two toughest games, uh, defenses they faced this year have been the Bucks and the Bears, in which case, you know, uh, they were bad numbers both days for um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But I, this is the Saints aren't that type of defense. And I think this is one week that uh, Bridgewater, like the other weeks he's played very well, he's going to produce again. And I think uh, Robbie Anderson has had three, I think, hundred yard days. He's only had one touchdown pass, but I think that's going to grow as time goes on because Bridgewater's
1: is just too good. Yeah, the Packers at Texans, I don't look for Aaron Rodgers to rebound after that horrendous loss to Tampa Bay. The Texans are tough. I see more of the same, while at the same time, I see Deshaun Watson going off big time again. Will Fuller's a stick-to guy, along with Cooks, and it seems Fels is getting more involved now.
2: Well, I would look at it, though, this way. So, over time, okay, how many bad games has Aaron Rodgers ever had mm-hmm. in his life? Probably not a lot. And this one obviously got away early with that pick six and just went downhill from there. Uh, the Texans are not the Buccaneers defensively. So I think Rodgers' mindset is what sets him apart along with his talent. But I think he's not going to uh, have back-to-back poor games. There's just you know too many weapons around him. Their offensive line, obviously, Bactari got hurt. That's the big question mark. Do they have a guy that can fill in for him um, but Rodgers has been able to do things that not a lot of quarterbacks can, and typically not a lot of protection all the time. Sometimes he has it, sometimes he doesn't, but he still seems to produce, and that they still have Devontae Adams, they still have Aaron Rodgers, uh, or Aaron Jones, and so I think those guys are going to produce also.
1: You know, uh, in watching that game, it reminded me of something you and I talked about last year, and that is if you can not so much get to Aaron Rodgers, but if you can – bump him a few times and the same thing we talked about tom brady if you can get in and hit him a few times uh it seems like they they really start to feel that pressure um maybe more than some other quarterbacks i i don't know i'm not in that situation but it just seems like he gets rattled faster and um starts to make some bad decisions okay name a quarterback that that doesn't affect (laughs) i Uh, knew knew you were gonna say that (laughs)
2: typically when you have pressure on the quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers is no different. Tom Brady's no different. And, um, you know, they typically don't do it a lot. I think I so I heard in the game, they, they mentioned that there's only been, what, three games where Rodgers has ever had multiple interception games. And so I don't look for that to continue. Like I said, the Texans are what, they've won one game this year. Right. Uh, defensively, they're no juggernaut. I don't look for a bad game out of Roger in fact just the opposite I think this is where the hall of famer mentality that he's got and and has cultivated over the years and produced over the years this is where that shows up in the following week after a bad game
1: spoken like a true NFL quarterback (laughs) browns and bengals it depends on how banged up the browns are if case keenum is starting i like their chances but it's if it's mayfield i don't i think cincinnati's about to explode who best to explode against than your cross-state rivals uh take burrow t higgins and aj green i'm not sold on beckham being in the right mindset again after being shut down by pittsburgh
2: well i i kind of think mayfield has got a lot to answer to this week and he's been kind of riding the wave of the team having success these last four or five weeks where really he has not set himself apart he's just been a part he's been a player in that and i think done a great job playing his role i think after getting embarrassed not only himself but their entire team offense defense uh nobody produced against the steelers and i think that's going to say a lot now about how he responds Kevin Stefanski steps in and hopes, hopefully settles the team down, kind of like he did after the Ravens loss in week one. And, uh, you know, you said, uh, you know, Burrow and the Bengals are going to explode, are ready to explode. They've been exploding offensively through the air every week. I mean, there's not been one bad game out of Joe Burrow. And so I think that uh, that's going to continue. But in terms of being competitive and winning games, this is what I think the Bengals need. They need a little bit more depth offensively on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a, they're maybe a play or two away um, in terms of weapons offensively. Defensively, their defensive line is not uh, going to be there for them every week. And so I think for them to start winning games and getting over the hump where they're not just close every week. I mean, remember, they had a 21-point lead against the, the Colts last week and blew that. So I think for them to get over that hump and actually start closing these games out they're still a year or two away from that. But Burrow and that offense,
1: they're going to continue to roll. Got the Lions at Falcons. I'd ride DeAndre Swift, and I would replace Adrian Peterson. Stick with Stafford and Galladay. Any Falcons receiver is going to go, and I'd stick with Todd Gurley as well. This could be a high-scoring game of the week. I
2: agree with you. I mean, the Falcons are been doing it every week offensively throughout the year. The Lions are just starting, you know, hitting the uptick as well. I think TJ Hawkinson is another guy that I've seen every single week. That's a guy that Matthew Stafford looks for in a lot of situations, especially in the red zone. Um, And so I think now that, uh, you know, they they beat the Jaguars last week. And the main story right now is that Patricia has bought himself at least one more week where they're not talking about firing him. And so I think the the Lions are talented enough where they can start to get on a roll here in the Falcons even though offensively they have just been outstanding fantasy football wise, they cannot close out a game. And so I think that's why the lions might have a chance in this one as well.
1: Seahawks and Cardinals are coming off uh, a week. The Seahawks will be rested. Russell Wilson should have a field day along with DK Metcalf Lockett Also signed. I really like Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins this week for Arizona. Hopkins didn't have a great game against Dallas, but Murray had an outstanding, probably one of the best, probably might've been the best game he's had in the NFL so far.
2: He's done pretty well in that stadium. They pointed out, I don't know if he's watched the game, but he, in high school, you know, he played in Allen Texas, So they won, what, three straight state championships. Right. 42 there. wins there against. Uh, yeah, something like, like that. that. So uh, you're right. And I think this is going to be a big shootout too. I mean, the, the Seahawks have been getting, they've been winning games this year because of Russell Wilson and because of DJ Metcalf, not really because of the defense. And I think with a vulnerable defense, the Cardinals are going to have a chance in a way to pick them apart. There's not a lot of guys like Russell Wilson other than Kyler Murray. So I think he's an explosive player. I think Brian Greasy re- referred to him as a flame, getting outside the pocket, getting to the sideline, to get into the end zone. And that's kind of what, he, what, like, uh, what it's like watching him play. And so I think uh, you know, there's going to be good numbers offensively on both teams this week
1: jaguars the chargers keelan cole had six for 143 replacing the injured dj clark so watch the injury wires here otherwise cole may be at least an option in flex now i'm not a minchu fan this week i do like justin herbert and justin jackson but watch the injury wires on keenan allen who has some back issues this week right when i was converted to Minshew mania he, along with their rookie, uh,
2: James Robinson, have vanished, right, the last few weeks. So I'm not a – I wouldn't start Minshew here either. And I agree with you on uh, Keelan Cole. He's, you know, not only a breakout game versus Detroit with the numbers you mentioned, but of Minshew's 11 touchdown passes, Cole's caught three of them. And uh, he's obviously a, 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 a very good target anywhere down the field, especially in the red zone.
1: Niners of Patriots, James White and Julian Edelman are flex options. I like Edelman, and I'll tell you why. He's now throwing more than one pass a game and connecting. So that's some extra points for you You sort of get that extra quarterback situation going. Uh, Cam Newton leads the team in rushing again. Uh, he's, uh, she mentioned earlier, he's really not looking uh, like he's right. Uh, Debo Samuel and Kittle are the only picks for me here. Uh, I like Garoppolo, but not this week.
2: Well, okay. Think about it, who would have who would have chosen Garoppolo the week before against the Rams? No one yeah so yet he threw three touchdown passes. I know one of them' that's a little flip pass to the receiver coming across the formation. but uh, I think Shanahan really has helped settle things down there like you would expect he would, even though he's a very young coach. Um, obviously he knows what he's doing offensively. they're just they've got an unbelievable run game and then I, I like Garoppolo. And, and for Kittle to do well, Garoppolo's got to do well. And so, uh, you know, I like Kittle in this one as well.
1: Chiefs at Broncos, I do like Le'Veon Bell since he's on my team. I am certainly looking at him as a flex option. I hope I'm not wrong. It does look like Edwards-Hellier uh, got the message, though, so as we mentioned. Now, with Sammy Watkins out, I like Kelsey and Hardeman even more than previously. So play them if you got them. I have become a Tim Patrick fan, and uh, Philip Lindsay did rush for over 100 yards last week. So along with Jerry Judy, I'm sold on those guys.
2: Yeah, I think the Chiefs are kind of this year's pop rocks. Right. Of the NFL offenses. And so while they probably wouldn't have Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, this week, we saw how they went into Buffalo and dominated uh, that game from start to finish offensively, defensively. They ran the ball at will. And now they pick up, as you mentioned, Le'Veon Bell Um, at the Broncos. You know, they look great to me in the first game back. Uh, Andrew Locked, uh, uh, Drew Locked it. And, uh, you know, Patrick obviously came in and, and did well has, has, and has been consistent really this whole entire year. Um, the last two games over 100 yards for him, uh, even though I think Jerry Judy is their best long term receiver. Uh, Patrick for right now is doing really well.
1: Tell you how much I, I like Patrick uh, this morning when the clock changed midnight. I picked up Patrick and I released James Washington, a Steeler, so yeah. <laughs> that's how much I like him. Uh, Buccaneers at Raiders. The Bucks defense should not disappoint against the Raiders, so this is going to be a long day for Derek Carr. I love Ronald Jones here. Gronk finally getting the work, so if you have him, start him. The Raiders coming off a bye week, and I just don't see any of them as outstanding this week, but they're all playable. Don't get me wrong. They're all playable, but I just don't think any of them are super outstanding going up against the Bucs.
2: Okay, so now the Bucks did what they did, right, against Green Bay, but they were in Tampa. Now they're going to be an, in Las Vegas. And the Raiders look awfully good against the Chiefs for you to be kind of jumping ship on them, I think, this early. Um, I think that, uh, yes, the Buccaneers do have a good defense, but the Raiders have a lot of good talent offensively and I think a great system under Gruden. Um, and with an extra week to prepare, remember, they're coming off a bye. Um even though the Bucks defense is a top shelf defense, I like everything Gruden's done so far. Uh, as long as the Raiders offense doesn't get a game away, the Bucs are yeah. going to have to score two. Remember, and they didn't do a great job offensively themselves in that department against the Packers. Uh, I also like the way Ronald Jones is running, though, in terms of the Bucs offense. He's running with authority. He's finishing runs. Uh, and I think Mike Evans is closer to 100% now. Uh, he looked a lot better on that ankle than the week before. Uh, so I would start him. Godwin, I think, is still rounding back into shape after being nicked up all year. I think I'd, I would not start him. And Gronk, as we mentioned earlier, early in the year, okay, he's going to have some games uh, and some flashes in games where, oh, man, the old Gronk's back. My, my opinion, is he's not. And I think it's going to be kind of an up week followed by several down weeks and then maybe an uptick again. So I think Gronk, for me anyway,
1: I wouldn't start him. He looked, he while well, he played well, he looked a little awkward to me. Did he look awkward to you? Just in, well, in he doesn't running? look as physical, I would
2: say, mm-hmm. as he once did in terms of the way he blocks. Uh, you know, they have him coming back across the formation to cut off the backside on a few mm-hmm. running plays, he doesn't do it with quite the authority he used to, he doesn't finish off uh receptions quite as uh, forcefully and physically as he used to. So, I mean, he's still a good receiver. Obviously, Brady still has that connection with him and trusts him, knows where he's going to be and look for him at times during games. Uh, But I just don't see that's You know, Brady's going to have to be consistent, which to me he hasn't shown he is right now. And I don't think Gronk's going to be either.
1: And, you know, I, I think, too, that, um, you know, tight ends are really basically touchdown dependent. And in, that's uh, certainly the case as far as uh, Gronk is concerned. Uh, Bears at the Rams. The Bears, well, they are all yours, my friend. <laughs> okay, so I think for the Bears,
2: okay, this year's no different really than the last uh, two or three where it's about their defense. And that's, I mean, Falls or whoever's a quarterback, has kind of got that thing figured out now. And remember now, Falls, he's shown throughout his time, he's capable of getting hot himself and can be streaky. And so I don't think he's quite hit his, his flow just yet, although I think he had a very good game this past week against Carolina. Um, I love Montgomery too. Even though he hasn't produced and gotten over the hump in terms of huge numbers, he's showing to me that he's he runs the ball with authority. He finishes runs. He's effective out of the backfield. They made some nice short throws to him where he was able to catch the ball in space and gain some yards after the catch. I think his production is only going to increase. Komet obviously had a good touchdown his first of the year, and he's an excellent tight end choice as well, although my favorite tight end choice for the Bears, like you mentioned, it's about touchdown production, and that's Jimmy Graham for me. Um, Allen Robinson is their most talented and consistent receiver And performing, he's clearly established himself as the go-to receiver there. Uh, They've kind of been flirting around. Sometimes it's uh, Anthony Miller. Uh, I think the guy that's on the rise that really no one sees coming at is Darnell Mooney, the uh, rookie receiver, who they love. He's blazing fast. He's a great route runner. Got excellent hands. Plays with awareness. Uh, And so, you know, if you're looking for extra ammunition coming out of the Bears, he might be the guy to look to. Uh, for the Rams, I expect in to rebound. You know, Sean McVay is on a mission this year, it looks like to me. Uh, they've lost a couple of games, really the one against Buffalo, they should have won and could have. Um, and then uh, you know, Goff has been amazing. Every game he shows up strong and the offense is, I think, going to respond. Uh, yes, they've got the Bears defense, but you know, they're going to be at home, Monday Night Football. Uh, Sean McVay has a great way of getting Jared Goff, uh, not just throwing from in the pocket, but with the the bootlegs and play action passes, has a way to get him on the edge and outside and throwing to open receivers. So I think the Rams are going to respond offensively.
1: For me, I do like Cole Komet and David Montgomery here. For the Rams, I'm sold on all the receivers. I, I do like Gerald Everett over Tyler Higbee. It just seems like Everett is getting more involved, as I mentioned last week, in different ways, where Higbee seems to be involved, but not as much as he was when we, we saw that early, a uh, couple of touchdown uh, pass uh, receptions early on in the season. Of course, golf and I do also like the Rams' defense. Well, there you have it. Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. Don't forget about our new feature Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we will select the fan who writes in to ask Erica fantasy football related question. We'll bring the fan onto the video cast, to ask that question directly. And you can be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on the screen. Join us next time. We'll see you later.